Hello, 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 and welcome to the Fantasy Football Forecast Podcast. Today's date is April 17th, and your hosts today are Owen, Jason, and Patrick. Today we're going to be going over some more free agent signings and the new possible Washington football team name and other news around the NFL. And then we're going to be moving on to our early rankings and analysis for the part two of our wide receivers list. These wide receivers range from tier four to six. Then, of course, as always, at the end of the episode, Patrick and Jason are going to head off at another game, and the record is 3-2, and two. so sadly, I, I mean, um, Jason is ahead. <laughs> and, Owen's not, Owen's three, very three, unbiased, three. as you can tell. I'm, I am unbiased, but yeah, Patrick um, <laughs> has not won in three weeks. But improvement. I say week after week, I think I got... I don't know if I got two or three right, right last week, but it's more you than... You got one. I, yeah. Oh, I didn't you even got two? No. Well, we're going for two this week. No, know? the last question, you were confident. Oh, but I got right. I do. I think yeah, it was I'm like in the DK Metcalf's yeah. like college. Yeah, it was. And it was, I think Jason said Mississippi. I don't even, I don't think I guess. I think you just no. guess first. But, you know, I'm pro- I'm guaranteeing a two. I'm just saying. This is the Patrick guarantee. Three and no since free agency has started. So, uh... Sorry, right. Patrick. Well, All right. Jason's getting a little cocky right now. I just but, know um, what QBs have seen a UFO, and Jason doesn't. So the difference maker so far. All right. Well, we'll see who um, takes the dub at the end of the episode. But um, Patrick, take it away with uh, the news around the NFL. Yeah. So I mean, we've been joking the last couple of weeks, kind of been boring weeks. May might be our first interesting week since like you know free agency started. We already like a couple signings, which is a little bit late into the free agency. But I mean, players are finding their teams. First off, we got. Talked about last few week, Giovanni Bernard got released from the Bengals after, I think it was he was one of like the long standing players, been there for years and years. But he just recently signed with the Bucks, so we know what he's yeah. going to be up to down in Tampa. <laughs> Obviously, going you know to play and you know get all his touches in. That's what he's focused on. Not really focused on a championship or anything. I would say. I love the signing. <laughs> <laughs> it makes fantasy that much easier because now you just don't draft any Buccaneers running back. They're all terrible now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going the like. I mean, he'll 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 get some say. I would he'll say he'll get all the receiving work. That's yeah, it. Yeah, but like now, he's not gonna be like a Lashawn McCoy sitting on the sidelines of the <laughs> of the Super Bowl, you know. But no fantasy value. No, that's that's the dilemma. You saying this Rex Ronald Jones and Fournette? They're both yeah. They don't have any receiving mm-hmm. capability now, so they're all, all three of them just washed at this point. That that's disappointing for the Bucks, but I mean. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, no, for you, the Bucks. Everyone, but... Well, disappointing for people that want to own Bucks players is what I'm saying. Yeah. They're you're just ruining the fantasy. AKA value. former Patriots fans. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just reliving the Patriots glory days down in Tampa. You know, they yeah. just got warm weather. That's basically the only difference. You know. Exactly. But uh, yeah, disappointing. That's definitely a big hit. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette lose a bunch of value without you know Giovanni Bernard's going to take all their receiving yards. It's disappointing. But uh, another sign, and we mentioned before how we uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers running back James Conner not resigning with the Steelers, instead resigning with or signing with the Cardinals, switching and it up. Just like that, Chase Edmonds is gone. Thank <laughs> God. Thank God for that. Honestly, I, mean, I don't feel bad. This man ruined my Kenyon Drake. Oh my, my God, Kenyon Patrick. Drake play. <laughs> so honestly, Chase Edmonds, I don't feel sorry. I mean, James Conner just replaced you, so just just yeah. tough. I mean, I don't know how much they're going to replace. It'll still probably be a committee, but, like... Yeah, James Conner has... He lost his value that he once had as, like, the Steelers' yeah. top running back. He'll be a solid number three, I'd say, probably. 
Yeah, you know, but I mean, a obviously, good bench player to have. Yeah, I mean, having two solid running backs in the same spot, fantasy value they both decrease instead because you know no one's getting yeah. the majority of the carries really. It just hurts their fantasy value for most all the Cardinals running backs now, which really is just Edmonds and Connor. I mean, I can't yeah. name another one off the top of my head, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, oh, I mean, man. not a good yeah. look for them today. Our third signing we have is uh, defensive signing. You probably won't have in your fantasy league unless you run the individual defensive players. But we got Jadavian Clowney signing with the Browns. Even if you did run it, don't take Clowney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, not a good look for Clowney in Jason's well, eyes. I mean, Clowney's just a one-dimensional run stopper defensive end. That's all he does. I mean, zero sacks for Tennessee last year. Yeah. If that doesn't say he's only a run stopper, then he should just not I mean, even I used it. to watch his highlight tape after, I think he went to University of South Carolina, if I remember. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, his, his college highlights were sick. But oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't watch many games that Clowney's played in in the NFL. So my only knowledge really comes from his college highlight tape, which was pretty nasty. But I mean, the number the numbers show that he hasn't really gotten to the pass yeah. rush game. He's always wanted big money, and for the past three years has not gotten it. I'm waiting for him <laughs> to pick up on that. He's not as good as he thinks. <laughs> but I mean, he gets it. I'm pretty sure it's only a one year deal. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a prove it deal basically with the Browns. See if he can maybe work on the pass rush or just continue to have his run stop, you know, dominance that he's going with. He's had. Three prove it deals now. <laughs> he's not. He's yet to prove it. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Well, they say third time's the charm, right? And well, it's like well, Cleveland Browns. I he's mean, also got Miles Garrett. So if if you're ever gonna succeed, yeah, like, he has. It's quite the duo in the DNs. So this would be his his time to shine, I would think. He is a great run stopper, but like for an elite pass rusher, no. Yeah, you got to be able to yeah. do it both, basically. Exactly. But he's only he's pretty one dimensional in that aspect. Our uh, next one, which. Uh, not really a fancy game changer, but Julian Edelman <laughs> retiring. Just it's just, it's noteworthy. Just, just noteworthy, you know. You got to mention the the boy, but the squirrel actually that is his nickname. Mm-hmm. But uh, not really fantasy relevant, but just Hall just of Fame mention. relevant. Oh, okay, yeah, right? I don't, no. I don't know that one. <laughs> what do, what do you mean? What what Super Bowl MVP? How many rings? Three. Three and rings. Then, I mean, I mentioned uh, that there's a chance he gets in. I don't think yeah, he no. should, though. You know, it, no, he should. If if he gets in, that just drops the value of all the other Hall of Fame players <laughs> oh, by I so mean, much. Just an Julian Edelman. No, no, no. Bury I'm, this man. I'm a fan of Julian Edelman. Huge fan. How just... could you not be a fan of him? He's, he's got a great story, but like mm-hmm. you're just absolutely assaulting the man. <laughs> assaulting him. You said <laughs> if he gets in, he diminishes the value of every other Hall of Famer. I'm speaking straight facts. <laughs> I don't think you are. I feel like you're just going out of your way to attack him. You could just say he doesn't belong, but you went in like if five, he gets five. in, Hall of Fame, like, you know, <laughs> values hey, gone. Retract, retract. Retract. <laughs> I do not believe Julian Edelman should be in there. The whole thing. Uh, well, you could you could say that earlier. Oh, wow, bold take. <laughs> what a bold take from Owen right here. Coming up with some fiery, spicy yeah. takes. But yeah, I mean, he's been injury he's been injury prone the past couple of years. He got caught with the PEDs. <laughs> so I mean, they kind of. Although the story I read though is that ever official? He claimed no, no. Yeah, he did get suspended for PEDs. Okay. Oh yeah. His his. Defense was he didn't know he was taking PEDs. Yep. Oh, yeah. The doctor just prescribed him something that he didn't know was against NFL rules. I remember he was saying something like he didn't mean yeah, to yeah. take it. He didn't purposely take accident. them. His story is that the doctor gave it to him without knowing that it was against Did the rules. Did Will Fuller have that same story? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read Will Fuller's story. I just assume he just took PEDs. So oh. I, I never really checked. 
But I do remember Edelman said that, you know, they were given to him and he was just unaware, which is a great defense to have. Mm. But, I mean, taking PEDs is still PEDs. Yeah, that sadly. doesn't really help. Yeah. But, you know, sad story for him. Great career. I mean, obviously, respectable guy. I like the work ethic he had, especially coming as a QB, switching to wide receiver. Just seems kind of what the Patriots do, just take random guys in different positions yeah. and just, like, switch them up and see what works. Um, but, yeah, you know, not really fantasy relevant, really. Just, you know, thought we'd mention the boy Julian Edelman. Our last weekly news bit is, as <laughs> Jason wrote us down very kindly, all 19 potential team names for the Washington football J- franchise. Jason, do you want to take it off? Name all 19? I mean, all right. You have the best 19 names possible given to, you know, Washington football team uh, like season ticket holders to choose from. You got the Rubies, Commanders, Pilots, Renegades, Rising, Warriors, Armada, Swifts, Football Club, <laughs> Griffins, Brigade, Royals, Icon, Red Hogs, Aviators, Wayfarers, Red Wolves, Monarchs, and Cats. That last one's pretty ferocious. Cats. <laughs> cats. <laughs> Washington Cats. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a, a wide variety, we'll say. I think... Uh, you're looking at uh, the Washington Football Club would be a big, big turn of events, mm. real drastic change for football team. Might be targeting that uh, that English audience when they go over across and play in London, you know, like once a year, the NFL. <laughs> they could be, I mean, Washington Football Club could be the Europeans mm. team, simply just because the word club instead of team. WFC. <laughs> WFC. I do have to say my, my personal pick, and I'm not a Washington football team or club fan, mm. I would go with Red Hogs. That seems pretty sick. Nah, it's Renegades. Renegades. You guys are missing all. It's it's Washington no. Cats. That is by <laughs> far the worst. You could have made it like Wildcats. What for the I was telling I was telling Jason Owen before we started recording is these names sound like the generic team names in Madden. When you go to like relocate your franchise or franchise mode, and you get to choose like the Monarchs are on the list. Cats could be there. Like Griffith Red Wolves. I mean, this, Red Wolves sounds like an arena football league team name. Like, come on, man. What do you have against arena football? <laughs> I don't have anything against it. Just doesn't seem NFL, you know, like all the NFL names seem to be like, well, I guess that's their issue. All the NFL name names are like, we see them as NFL names because they've been along, like there's so much history behind them. They're changing their name. None of these names have history. So maybe that's why I'm looking down on them like that. I'm also, I'm a big alliteration guy, but the only one they got is Wayfarers and Warriors, which Warriors is like a pretty basic name. Wayfarers. Don't know much about Wayfair. Good to be honest, couldn't tell you what a Wayfair is. I'm thinking like a almost like a Viking almost, like making your way across the sea in a ship. That would be my thought. But I don't really know what a Wayfair is. But I would go Red Hogs. I'm pretty sure the Hogs was like a name of like like represents like O lineman. It might have been yeah. the Washington O lineman, right? Was that uh, their team? I don't know exactly. I know I just know generally Hogs is known for like the big O lineman. So I mean that's like the most football relevant one that I'm looking at besides you know football club I guess. Yes. But I would go Red Hogs. That seems my personal pick. Owen's going Cats, which is just laughable. <laughs> and then, Jason, which one are you going for? I'm telling you, Renegades. Re- I mean, Renegades ain't bad. Oh, well, we'll see. We don't. I don't know Washington. I don't know. Washington like... Rising is also a pretty good one. You know, what What even does that mean? <laughs> just rising? <laughs> what? I like, like, the, uh, it's almost like, like a verb. <laughs> like, putting your team name as a verb <laughs> instead of a noun. Because they're rising up to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Rising up the standings in the amazing NFC East. (laughs) Takes a lot of effort. But, yeah, I mean, I guess they got one in 19. Hopefully they don't mess up the pick. But I guess that's all for the weekly news. We can move on. Yeah, so uh, we're going to start off with uh, 
wide receivers. This is the part two, and this is our fourth tier. Our, and and that would be at number twenty. So the twentieth wide receiver is Robert Woods. Good work, Patrick. Thank you. Oh, I think <laughs> this is the second wide receiver from my my team after CD Lamb made it last time. I said I was talking Robert Woods. Got a, got cut off a little bit, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to make sure everyone out there knows. CD Lamb barely made it no. <laughs> into the last episode. CD Lamb's 18. He's 18. And Robert Woods is 20. I just but. like uh, the consistency. Like you guys might have like a like a wide receiver one. I just got like two wide receiver threes or one wide receiver best wide receiver and wide receiver four. Which I mean, I feel like he got screwed by the cutoff. Maybe we should have done top twenty. We should have just slid him into mm-hmm. tier three, you know, no questions asked. But you know, he's he's down here at tier four. You hate to see it. I mean, in my mind, I could definitely see some edits already being changed to this list just across <laughs> the entire board. But do know. they solely help my wide receivers? You're really just looking out for me here. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. But. I mean, the more I've looked into it over the week, mm-hmm. the lower I am on 19, Mike Evans. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be, we can't be, you know, doing all this redoing just for one player. So he stays at 19 <laughs> for now. Sorry, Patrick. Yeah. Well, well, when it gets close to the season, we can re-revamp re- re- this a little bit. Yeah. But I think I've had Robert Woods for, I'd say, two, maybe three seasons. I've kind of lost count. He's just kind of been my consistent guy. I used to have him in the slot. Like back when I had good wide receivers, but then this year I was trash, so he slowly became my wide receiver one, which I mean, not the greatest to have, but he's. I always found him as like the consistent guy. He was always able to produce, you know, like with Jared Goff in there, and then his competition was like Cooper Cup, a couple other receivers in there, but yeah, he was always like a solid secondary third option in the offense, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, Robert Woods has always been a stellar player, and that's with Jared Goff at quarterback, so now. Matt Stafford's involved. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, elevating his level. And Woods most likely will take on the role of Marvin Jones in the offense. There is no, like, the Rams offense, they don't exactly have a uh, Kenny Galladay, so that's not really something you could look for. But Woods and Jones have very similar play styles, and I wouldn't be surprised if Woods is just a better version of Marvin Jones for Matt Stafford. Yeah, that, that could be possible. I feel like he's always, he also probably... I, I mean, I mentioned the name, but not a, I wouldn't say very well-known, not very no, popular name. Definitely underrated. Even for his, like, for his production value, I would say underrated. Not many people, yeah. I think, pay attention to him. And I only know him because I've had him on the fantasy team the past couple of years. I mean, he's very solid. And he's just not like a big-name wide receiver to, like that everyone would know across the board, you know? Yeah, no, I didn't really look for him until last year when you constantly were talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> I am the reason that Robert, the hey, I am the Robert Woods hype man, basically. But yeah, I mean, he's had solid production numbers, and you might be able to snag him. We have him at top of wide receiver four. You can probably snag him later on in the draft when you're hitting like the mid mid of the draft, those later rounds, and not probably because not many people recognize the name. I mean, you might be able to yeah. pick him up. He's a no- solid number two. You could definitely get like you could probably get all the way in the fifth round. I would say is a good place to go yeah. for Woods. I think he's definitely what higher than a fifth round pick, but that's probably where he will end up falling. Just yeah, you cause. could easily take him earlier for his value, but I think other people will overlook him, so you can easily get him in the fifth round, get that value yeah. with your pick. So that's good. Awesome. Um, at number twenty one, we have uh, T Higgins. T Higgins is uh, one of my favorite players for out of this entire list. Really? Yeah. Do you seem upset about that? I, I, no, 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 I, no. Please. Do you have j- a problem with D. Higgins? Jason, I mean, um, please continue. I want to. Right, you're an anti-Higgins. I am not an anti-Higgins <laughs> fan. 
I Higgins think, Hater know, is actually ooh. his preferred title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, T. Higgins, he's on the Bengals roster, which, you know, that's never a good thing for usually. But no. the difference is Joe Burrow is a good quarterback from what we've seen. So that's like, a, what, five games, four games? It was oh, like 11. Okay. It was, it was, Why? It was definitely. Why? Okay. Owens just insulted me. He was pushing. Like the he, injury. He was around double digits. I'm not sure what you are here saying. Four get, you had him on your fantasy team in at least one league for a good while. Yes, he is my. Yeah. He's actually going to be my keeper. I'm a big. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, so you're <laughs> trashing the man, but you're going to keep I'm him not for next season. Joe Burrow. All I'm saying is that T. Higgins. Wide receiver one in the offense with A.J. Green gone. Mm-hmm. Automatically, more targets available. He was already Bur- Burrow's favorite target. Like He's got everything going in for him, and he's, I think, the most likely uh, breakout receiver from, obviously, you know, there are some sophomore receivers above him. They are already well-known. Well T. Higgins, if he was in a different draft class, could have been a first to second round pick. For like most other teams, I know he still went pretty early for the Bengals, but he would have probably been like a first round pick if he went two years after or one year earlier, just because he's in a loaded class. He's definitely an underrated player and someone I fully expect to have a great year alongside with Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I think he definitely has room to grow within the Bengals offense. Having Joe Burrow for hopefully a full season, we'll say, I think he's going to be able to grow a little bit see more receptions you know more yards i mean and we just you just it's just really a question if he's able to handle that workload but i'll take jason's word jason seems to be high on him so i'll I'll say he he'll he'll fill the shoes you know yeah and he'll be able to grow into that the wide receiver one and the Bengals. you know all right uh i'm gonna say i agree with jason for now but um, I'll keep a close eye on okay, T. Higgins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Higgins hater over here. Okay. <laughs> Should have been watching him last year when Burrow was playing for you. Burrow was on my bench. What do you mean? He was not playing for players on on Sundays. Believe it or not, I do not. Nope. Nope. Mm. All right. Our next wide receiver, number twenty-two, is Kenny Galladay. Boo. Okay. Uh, I was about no. To say, Boo. I was gonna say yeah. I'm with Pat. Who's siding? I mean. Are you booing Kenny Galladay? <laughs> I'm not booing Kenny Galladay. He's I'm booing, booing Daniel Giants. Jones. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. He's not booing. Yeah. Kenny Galladay. I respect I mean, that. Further down on this list than I think most people would expect. But, I mean, Danny yeah. Dimes. The Danny Dimes effect. I mean, Danny Dimes. <laughs> I guess we can call him Danny Dimes. Oh, you, are you claiming he doesn't throw dimes? That's exactly what I'm, I think That's exactly what I'm claiming. Maybe Danny Ducks should be his new name. Yes. I love that one. I mean... <laughs> Everyone's saying Daniel Jones is going to have the breakout like Josh Allen did this year. Who? All right, Owen. I'm not sure what you're looking <laughs> oh, sorry, at. I'm sorry. I'm being quite Anyways, negative today. What Giants news are you keeping up with? Anyways, uh, but the difference between them, as I've already stated before, is that Josh Allen was still good even without receivers, and Daniel Jones sucks. Kenny Galladay won't have it. Kenny Galladay's appeal for the Giants is that he's able to make catches as long as the ball is near him. He's a big-bodied receiver that can go up and get it. And with Daniel Jones, you have to be able to do that. So he does have the ability to succeed because, like, no matter how bad his quarterback is, as long as the ball's thrown to him, he can make a play and get it. So you're saying he's similar to Allen Robinson, like in, like, Allen Robinson's position? Kind of, I would I guess I would say they're not very similar, seeing as Galladay's like 6'4", I think. Robinson is not, but there's definitely a difference in play style. Robinson's a much better route runner, but you could make the argument. What? Uh, is there, is there no, a... No, no, I, I was just saying how, like, 
Kenny Galladay and, and Allen Robinson are both like on not so great teams, mm-hmm. and their QBs again not so great. Yes, but they're both fairly skilled wide receivers, and if uh-huh. they just like actually yeah. get so. the ball thrown to them, they're they'll be open. They're, they're, wide, they're not well, similar wide receivers yeah, per no. se, but they're in a situation. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're situations okay. yes. very Good. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that no, no. they're not really that similar. I'm not. I'm, I'm not comparing the the skill sets. I'm just saying their situation. All right, that that's a that's a lot better for uh, who mm-hmm. they are as players. Yeah, no, but um, Galladay. I mean, he's going to succeed just because he's like a giant receiver and he can win a fifty fifty ball most of the time. So like, he's going to succeed, but he's not going to be in the elite level. He's got a way worse quarterback automatically. His offensive line also somehow got worse than from the Lions so quarterback Daniel Jones is just going to be dealing with more pressure meaning he's going to make even worse throws like Galladay he's in a worse situation so you can't expect him to improve the NFC effect the saving grace <laughs> is the NFC no, Jason does not think the NFC effect can save him doesn't work for receivers I don't know that is true they still there's still solid corners out there because really yeah. if you're a receiver all you need is a team to have one good cornerback regardless how bad the team. I mean, Giants are going to be losing a lot. They're going to have to be throwing the ball up there. I mean, <laughs> I guess you'll, you'll get a lot of targets way. as I the mean, wide receiver one. I think the Giants won't really... The Giants as a team, they have a great defense, which can keep them in the game. So it's like they're going to be competitive every once in a while, probably just under 500, like 7... Yeah. Uh, not 7 and 10. Uh, 8 and 9 is what I would say for them. But, yeah, no, as a whole, they're going to be competitive just as a team, but the offense isn't going to be there. It's mostly low scoring for them. Uh, that would be a draw. Yeah, well. no, that's that's another <laughs> negative that I didn't, I didn't really realize. Yeah, all right, so that's good on Kennedy Galladay. We'll move on to uh, number 23rd, 23rd wide receiver, Cooper Cup, which, Patrick, you have knowledge about Cooper, Cooper Cup? Not much. No, nope. I just oh. know <laughs> he's on the Rams. Why would I know anything well, about Cooper Cup? I mean – you you were a big Robert Woods fan. I assume you just Cooper like, Cup. Yeah, assume, Cooper Cup is my enemy. He's taken I, away from Robert I Woods. I assume you just know a lot about the Rams wide receivers. I mean, yeah, I watched some games. Uh, he's definitely, I would say, the number one. Well, I don't know, Jared Jared Goff. He was the more targeted a lot more than Robert Woods. Whenever I was watching their games, he's more of like a deep threat from what I saw. He whenever they were like I was watching their offense, Cooper Cup would be more of like he'd make like the big plays down the stretch. Robert Woods was more of like. Like, get the first down. Like, you f- he finds pockets in, like, the zone. I would compare him to Julian Edelman because I watch a lot more of Julian Edelman. Robert Woods was in that similar, like, short distance where mid. He's not going deep every play. That was more Cooper Cup was, like, the big body receiver in the out of the duo. Big body? What? Compared to Robert Woods in my eyes. No. He was very – he's not that Cooper big. Cooper Cup is a slot receiver. I mean, yeah, he breaks tackle. He breaks – he's uh, – Broken 21 tackles last year, which I think is tied with DeAndre Hopkins for the most in the league. So he does make the big plays, but like he's not—he's not a big guy. He's just elusive, more than anything else. I'm just putting him down as a deep threat, but yeah, I don't actually know what he looks like. Deep threat and big bodied are two different things. Deep threat could either be a big bodied guy who goes up and gets it, or a shorter guy, or a shorter guy (laughs) who's like really fast. Like Cooper Cup is not. He's definitely not big body. I think he's only like 5'10-ish, maybe 6 feet. He's on the shorter side for sure. That's all right. You know, he he does his job. (laughs) 
He does. Obviously, I don't know why Owen called me out. With, I mean, uh, the comparison. I know nothing I, about Cooper Cup. <laughs> I was just trying to. I just assumed you. I, I assumed you knew the Ram Water Series because that's like the games you always watch, and you really hype up Robert Woods. So I was just assuming. I watched two games out. last season. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched two games. All right. Well, we'll move on to our number twenty-four wide receiver, which is, of course, the dropping the dro- dropping king himself, Deontay Johnson. Ah, of course, yes. Deontay Johnson at 24. Everyone knew that, right, Owen? At 24, Deontay Johnson, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, Deontay Johnson's in an interesting situation because, on the one hand, he's a clear number one for the Steelers in terms of targets, which is what you want in fantasy. And, on the other hand, Big Ben is extremely old and can't throw. And also, Deontay Johnson led the league in drops, but that's something he'll probably fix. He'll definitely fix that. Yeah, I feel like that's something you could easily fix over the offseason, so I'm not really worried about that. But the clear favorite for targets makes him automatically valuable in fantasy. And in the Steelers' offense, where they're throwing the ball like top three in the league for the past two out of three years, they've been top three in the league in terms of passing, uh, in terms of passing rush rushing split, obviously in favor of passing. So that automatically makes Deontay like one of the best players to have in terms of potential but the problem is drops bad quarterback play and it's predominantly short game that he goes for he doesn't have the big play ability obviously he can every every once in a while break some but at the same time he's not going to have that same chance with uh as you continue to see big ben age and get worse and worse yeah i think Deontay johnson probably he had more off games last year, I'd say, because Chase Claypool was, like, blowing up. He was having his big games out of nowhere last year. Mm. I don't know. I don't I don't believe Chase Claypool is going to, like, like, in production he had some games. He was getting, like, two, three touchdowns and, like, 100-some yards. Like, I don't think that's going to be, like, an, an everyday thing for Chase Claypool. So, I mean, I don't expect Chase Claypool to be as good as he was in those few breakout games. So, that leaves Deontay Johnson to have more opportunities in the offense compared to, like, I wasn't watching his stats, but I assume he must have had an off game whenever Chase Claypool's going off like that. I don't think they can have that many people producing at once. Yeah, so on my team, I had Johnson on my team last year, and he was the um, he was my third-string wide receiver. I put him in occasionally. And, Pat, you are right about that. He had breakout games, and then when uh, Evans had a good game, he just he was nothing. Who Claypool. had a good game? Claypool. Claypool, yeah, Claypool. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, so he's he'll definitely be more, more reliable next year, though. So look out for Deontay Johnson. He's going to be good. Um, you want to move on to the next wide receiver? Yeah, sure. All right. At number 25, we have Tyler Boyd. Jason, you were talking about him earlier. What's up? Well, Tyler Boyd has been a heavily underrated receiver for most of his career, basically because he's on the Bengals and has uh, never had a chance to properly show. I'm hearing some laughter. Don't uh, please, please hold yourself. I'm just laughing because of the Bengals. Yeah. Nothing fair. about Tyler Boyd. No offense to him. He's uh, he's always been consistent player in the offense. He's been a reliable target. He's always been healthy. That's not really a concern with Tyler Boyd. He's been healthy for most of his career. That's not something you ever will have to worry about if you draft him. And he's a one of the best slot receivers in the league right now, with the potential to have a thousand yards. He was on pace to go well over a thousand yards last year until a specific injury to a quarterback named Joe Burrow happened. And assuming that Burrow stays healthy this year, then Tyler Boyd will most likely once again be on pace for over 1,000 yards, which obviously that's a receiver you want on your team. You're not going to have 25 receivers over 1,000 yards 
Tyler Boyd, if that happens, will go higher up the board. Yeah, I guess yeah. It just it's more of a question if can T Higgins and Tyler Boyd both produce numbers like that? You know, are they both going to be able to coexist in the offense? That's the only question I have. I mean, yeah, I would agree, Jason. Tyler Boyd is strictly underrated. Like, I would say to the common person because he plays in Cincinnati. That's why I was chuckling earlier. Like, the Cincinnati is just like the rele- the relevance that he has like nationwide has just been kind of buried a little bit by the fact that he plays in the Bengals. Not many people watch them. But yeah, the the only question is, we're saying T. Higgins is gonna have a like more of a, a breakout year, really prove himself, Nate, like to the all the people watching on the audio audience. But I mean, if it depends how much T. Higgins breaks out, because T. Higgins is going crazy. I don't know if Tyler Boyd's gonna be able to produce, but I could see an offense in which Joe Burrow can find them both equally. Obviously, Higgins would be Joe Burrow's favorite, as Jason mentioned earlier. But I think Tyler Boyd can still put up. Like some solid receiving numbers, even though T. Higgins is, we're projecting having a, a breakout season. Well, I think they can both definitely handle the workload if uh, the offense contains not, well, at an obviously decreased rate from the 50 passing attempts from last year that they had, but lower that down to like 30, 35 plus, 35 to 45 range. If Joe Burrow is around there, they both can easily succeed because, like, the number two guy on the outside, if Boyd's in the slot and Higgins is the number one, would be Auden Tate. He's not going to be taking many targets. So they both are in the option in an offense where they can succeed. And you don't have to worry about the tight ends. I mean, I don't even know their tight Is it CJ Uzoma? Off- yeah, I, think I know he's Drew Sample. One. Drew Sample is one of them. I think CJ Uzoma with like yeah. a U. Is I that's the I'm like, I'm, I'm reaching I think for that he's name, the number one, but I'm pretty but sure I'm not, I recognize yeah. the CJ guy more. And then I mean Joe Mixon has receiving potential. He's definitely a a really good running back. But at the same time, they both can easily break out and have great years together. T Higgins hopefully will be the better one. I would think so. I mean Tyler Boyd's yeah. probably the more the more respected name currently. But I mean I think T Higgins can over overtake him this season. I don't see why not. Yeah, good points. Um, our next wide receiver, number 26, the San Fran wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. Surprised you knew how to pronounce that, Owen. <laughs> I, I, I was a previous uh, Brandon Ayuk fan. Really? Um, happened? I don't know. <laughs> Why are you no he's longer a, a fan? He's been in the league for one year. What changed? <laughs> I, I remember him saying, oh, I really like that guy, Brandon Ayuk. And I just, I think that was like week one, week two, week three. And just nothing happened, so I just... Stopped, you know, being a fan of Brandon. What? Huh? Wait, I, I'm, so I'm telling confused. you, I don't, I don't remember why. I don't know what the like what happened. I just, I stopped. He, was, he wasn't even on your t- fantasy team at that point. You just liked him just cause. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Owen was like bashing people earlier this episode. Now he's just handing out free love to Brandon Ayuk for no reason. <laughs> I don't. Why did you like him less when he got better as the season went on? I'm so confused. I told you earlier. At, at some point, I almost have dropped him because I, I picked up that man. I'm I pretty... had him towards the end of the season. Did you ever own him? I don't know. I don't. Think, I don't think oh, wait, I... wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. You were just a fan? <laughs> I know who has him on their fantasy team right now. I had him, and then I think I dropped him after yeah, a bad did. game. But, like, so wait, wait, you never had him? You were just sitting in free agency? You're just like, I'm a fan, but I'm not going to pick him up? Because I picked him up, like, All mid-season. Right. I might have um, over... You, you might be taking this a little too far. When I said I was a fan, I was like, hey... Brandon Ayuk, he had a good game. 
He's cool. I mean, I, I never... would say I'm a fan of AJ Dillon, so I don't think oh like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I I'm... say a fan, I mean like I'm supporting this person. I am not. I I would not put any player that you like your relationship with AJ Dillon. That's I don't fair. have that with That's anyone. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Jason, you want to talk about Brandon Ayuk? Well, that was a weird, <laughs> weird uh, tangent right there. I wanted about tangent. Your... You well, went on a tangent. I was just. Uh, I'm here. just. I'm just confused. But anyways, yeah, no. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was great as the season went on, but even though he was playing with backups, he was doing great. I'm concerned about one thing, and that one thing is a man named George Kittle. George Kittle was injured, and that's when Ayuk really was shining. George Kittle obviously is going to be the number one target in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo will be looking to George Kittle more than anyone else. Brandon Ayuk, I fully expect to be number two right behind George Kittle in terms of targets, yards, just really everything. But George Kittle is such a dominant force. Assuming he's healthy, it will take such an impact out of everyone. And also the fact that like the entire 49ers offense has been built around, you know, just equal play across the board. They don't like to force it to one guy besides George Kittle because he's just such an elite talent. Like, running backs, they do it for running back rotation, basically, at this point. Ayuk is in a situation where he is definitely the best receiver on the team, and I don't think that's even a debate. I don't like Debo Samuel. No, definitely Ayuk number one. But the problem is George Kittle is Jimmy Garoppolo have such a good connection, and Brandon Ayuk didn't really get that chance to make a good connection with Jimmy Garoppolo last year because, obviously, he got hurt. Now, if the 49ers draft a quarterback and he starts, that would be an interesting situation to see what happens there because if that rookie were to take over, then all of a sudden, whole new chemistry, whole new offense to look for. That could be a potential positive for Ayuk. But right now, with Ayuk and Garoppolo not having a good connection and Kittle being fully healthy once again, I see Ayuk slightly lower than most other people and have him just at the last guy in our tier four for receivers. Yeah, I think George Kittle is. Uh, I was actually by when you're about to end, I was gonna be like, "Ooh, scary!" Because George Kittle <laughs> is definitely gonna be destroying Ayuk. Uh, I mean, his potential to have. I mean, Ayuk was, was productive, but I mean, George Kittle is the obvious number one in their offense. You know, it's it's hard to compete when you have George Kittle in the offense because he's such an obvious like target. It's, like, hard to miss, you know, how um, – I'm looking for an adjective here. Just how explosive – that sounds like good. How explosive he is. That is know? a good word. The, yeah, I feel like that was a bad word for the 49ers. He's the least explosive on the team. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was searching for one. I was searching you could, for one. I feel like elite would be a elite, great one for him. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, just uh, – I'm struggling for adjectives right now. But That's I would right, say <laughs> he's, he's such a such a strong number one offense, uh, option in the offense that it's hard for Ayuk to – you know, pick up the slack when George Kittle's there. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to go into Tier 5 now at number 27. And the 27th wide receiver on our list is DJ Moore. Quite far down from where most people would expect. Yeah. You, you do agree with that? Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I think it's obvious why. Sam Darnold is terrible. And uh, that's going to affect him. I mean, everyone's saying how... Robbie Anderson broke out once he finally got away from Adam Gase. But at the same time, the one year Robbie Anderson had away from the Jets was also the one year where he didn't have Sam Darnold. 
and that was the one year he goes for over a thousand yards. I'm not saying that it was Sam Darnold as a problem because obviously Adam Gase is a terrible just head coach. Heavily implied that <laughs> Sam Darnold is the problem. I am heavily implying it. Yeah, no, I don't like Sam Darnold. I've said it several times. He's uh, not I a good quarterback. Agree. I don't think he's very good. Bottom five quarterback his yeah. entire career. Why would I like him? I mean, I'm just saying. I I think it's going to be a bad thing for the entire Carolina offense. What if the Panthers trade for a backup QB and still started Teddy Bridgewater? That is an option. <laughs> If Teddy Bridgewater is a starter, then I expect, you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson to be in probably the same situation. Because although nothing's really changed. Curtis Samuel left, but Christian McCaffrey is healthy. I think Mm -hmm. that would basically balance out in terms of the receiving game. So if that would happen, DJ Moore goes a bit up. He's probably around 20 at that point. Sam Darnold starting 27. Yeah. You you have to you have to assume that Sam Darnold's going to be the starter though. Yeah. Most teams don't give up that much. But... I mean, Sam Darnold beat Teddy Bridgewater as a rookie. Yeah. So like, you, yeah, I'm you, don't, you don't trade for backup QBs very often. Yeah. So he's obviously probably going to end up being their starter, which is disappointing for DJ Moore. I would say, <laughs> quite the negative to have attached to your uh, your fantasy value. But I mean, he didn't choose it. I don't think he traded for Sam Darnold. So mm-hmm. you just got to yeah. deal with it now. Yeah. Well. I'm uh, sorry about that, DJ Moore. You're stuck there. All right. Our next wide receiver is Chase Claypool, who I believe is the backup to Deontay Johnson. You say backup. Like, receivers don't go in pairs of, like, also, twos and threes. I'll, I'll mention before Jason gets into it, Juju is also at 29, so we got two Steelers. Oh, yeah, let's just talk receivers. about that. So, well, so Chase Claypool and Juju, 28-29. Yeah. Claypool is uh, out of the three because we're still including Deontay. Even though they're all starters, Owen for some reason says backup. Um, How about second string? Is that no? He's good? he's a starter, not a second string. But uh, Claypool, out of the three, definitely has the highest potential, and we saw that all of last year. The best games, Claypool had him. The worst games, Claypool had him. <laughs> <laughs> the volatility of Claypool is it's, a true story. So, like on the one hand, if you need to go and get. Like, Claypool right now, wide receiver 3, 28, that's a good place to have him. You know, you need to plug him in for a week, hope he has a big game for you. He can do that. But if you're trusting him on a week-to-week basis, he's not going to pull through for you, especially as Big Ben continues to regress, as we saw from last year. Like, it's not going to be in a good situation. The Steelers were predominantly short-game passing, and it's only going to get worse as Ben gets worse. Like, Claypool... His volume from last year, those high games, probably will decrease due to the fact that he is so, uh, well, explosive on one hand, but also relies on a terrible offense on the other. Like, his quarterback can't throw it as deep anymore. It's not going to be a positive for him. And for Juju, the other receiver in the group, Juju is probably the most consistent out of any of them, and although... He's prob- he. I don't think will be number one. I fully expect him to be number three. He still, still has the best connection with Ben. And because of that, he still will be a great option. And if he is a week-to-week flex player, Juju could do that. He can play in the flex role every week for you. He's going to be reliable, but he won't be going to winning you games. Yeah, I would say. I mentioned it with Deontay Johnson. I don't really expect... Chase Claypool to have like the huge games every week, obviously, like that he was putting up last year. 
I think he's gonna. I think we mentioned the volatility. I could see him being that. Like Jason mentioned, you got him. You like you put him in a flex couple, like a week or two every season. I mean, he could have the opportunity to give you a big game, but he could also just give you a dud. That's just the way it can be. Uh, Juju, as Jason mentioned, pretty solid. Although he's kind of been passed up in the offense by Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. We got him ranked above him. Um, I don't think. I think. Juju, I mean, with the TikTok, he's been overheated. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. hate Juju. I, I don't, I don't understand why everyone like hates him so much for well, social media. He just has a bad name because he was just making fun of everyone else by doing TikTok yeah, dances on their like, logo. I don't technically he has a great name. I love it. Yeah, it's just like competitiveness. <laughs> like you know, you're gonna insult your opponents. Like you, you're supposed to be best friends with the guys you're competing against every week. You know, probably not. I don't know. Juju obviously isn't. No. He's dancing on their logos like. I don't personally see a problem with it. I just think a lot of the more traditional fans are just like, you know, play the game yeah. and don't do anything else, which is just like, I mean, let, let Juju Ooh. live a little bit. <laughs> if Juju gets CTE and has to retire, at least now he has, like, a TikTok following, you know? Okay, well then. <laughs> oh my God. That's what I'm thinking. No, like, he yeah. can't just focus on playing. you got to understand that football comes with injuries. you got to uh-huh. prepare for after football. It does, yeah, you're right. I guess. I feel like you, you almost, if you're not preparing for life after football as a football player, you're not thinking ahead far enough. You always should be thinking ahead. And he's gone the social media outlet with his TikTok dances and, like, his Instagram lives and all that. And I just think, I think it's a, he's just making a smart business move. But I think people are just hating him a little bit too much. Too bad he's not as good at football anymore. Yeah, but... Well, he, he's spending time, no, as, no, Pat, as no, Patrick no, said. No, no, oh, no. that's definitely... I do not think on. him recording a TikTok video <laughs> takes away from him practicing for hours each week, Owen. You cannot uh, convince yeah, no. me that. That the he's video just is a what, not like doing, like, his weekly 15 workouts. 15 seconds long? <laughs> he's not doing his weekly workouts because he's trying to upload a TikTok. You cannot convince <laughs> me that's how it works. Those 15 seconds really take, uh, a, take, hey, a, take but, a toll. You know, Juju, he's preparing, like... It takes, like, hours to prepare for these dances. Come on. Oh, I do not like the the side you're taking yeah. in this argument. <laughs> I do not appreciate you hating on Juju. I never. I'm not hating on Juju. Do a hundred. You just said. You just. You, you're you saying he's bad because of TikTok. <laughs> he, he's bad because he's spending too much time on TikTok and not practicing. <laughs> I guess I implied it, but I never. All right. Okay. All right. Jeez. Um. Our next wide receiver on the list is Titans wide receiver Corey Davis. The Jets make appearances, finally. Congrats on top 30. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, technically, that means they have one of the wide receivers that should be on one of the 32 teams. Yeah, you're right. Not horrible. I mean, now that you say that, though, I feel like Corey Davis should be lower because he's not a wide (laughs) receiver one. Oh, no. I should have just stayed silent. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Corey Davis, I mean, he proved in Tennessee he's not a wide receiver one. You need another guy there. And unless Jamison Crowder is that guy, which I feel Jamison Crowder is heavily underrated. I don't like that about him, that he's so underrated. Like, no one even talks about that fact that he's underrated. But He's so underrated that people don't exactly. even say he's underrated. That, <laughs> that is the next level of being underrated. Exactly, no. But Corey Davis, if he's your number one guy, he proved in Tennessee he's not your number one guy. You need a you need a number you need someone to step up like AJ Brown, and then if you have that guy, Davis can explode. If Crowder is your number one and he can like take away a lot of attention, Davis can explode and be the better player, which is what I'm expecting from the Jets' offense for Crowder to take up most of the attention, 
and then that would allow for Davis to exceed and be such a dominant force like he was in Tennessee. But unless that happens, Davis's outlook isn't too strong. And the Jets, I'm cautiously optimistic, I'll say, about their offense this year with Zach Wilson coming in and then the running back situation looking like it's not going to be too much of a thing. Corey Davis is in a situation where he can't succeed. The biggest knock on Wilson, obviously, is the fact that if he faces any pressure, he completely collapses. But if the Jets can keep him upright, keep him a clean pocket, then the entire Jets offense will succeed, and it could be a legitimate, like, maybe even five-win team next year. <laughs> no mercy for the Jets. The high, you say the, high, than, the highest potential yeah. is the five wins. More than double the wins from this year, and I'm not saying that. You're not wrong. Just, just you yeah. know, <laughs> saying it's a realistic goal for them. Yeah, I think Corey Davis will be a lot more comfortable not having to be like the like the guy on the offense. I think he more fits the complementary role of just like you know have the offense, have the defense focused on another wide receiver. He kind of thrives in that secondary spot, and I. I'm, you know, I'm hopeful. I think he has he has a good yeah. shot with the Jets. I mean, the Jets are the Jets, so you know there's exactly. a good chance everything just goes wrong. But I think he's shown that he's able to produce as the the second guy. He hasn't really shown as the the first guy yet. So I mean, it's a good thing that currently he's put in that second spot. So I think he's going to be able to maybe you know do a little some some in in New York or yeah. technically New Jersey. But I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to go produce in the, in the Meadowlands. Yeah. There is no guarantee he ends up as a number two. That's just best-case scenario for him. Like, if the you Jets think there's a say, chance they put him at one? Yeah, there is a chance that he uh, could. I don't think that. That's that, not good news. It would not <laughs> be smart. That is not good news. They really have a lot of faith for him to, you know, prove those three years of failure in Tennessee on, you know, one year. But the Jets are just such a better team that he's just going to um, make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. What are you going to do with the Jets at that point, though? You gotta just, that you, would be the most Jets move, though. Yes. To put an obvious wide receiver two at wide receiver one. Oh, that would be so bad. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, yeah. Never know. I mean, um, they did lose out in Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, that was... That's a whole different story. All right. Number 31 on our list is Jarvis Landry. That did not seem very positive to Landry. Just, I, okay. just walk, walking just walking by him. Are you like analyzing everything? My tone. All right. Jarvis. Jarvis Landry's up next. Let's talk about Jarvis Landry. Number 31. Number 31. Yeah. Jarvis Landry. Didn't even make top 30. I mean, he's so good. That's rude. Was that I better? I think he's a great flex option. He's a good flex option, yeah. Yeah, so what? what's the I don't like your negativity towards Landry, Owen. Uh-huh. Uh, but <laughs> I personally like Landry quite a lot, and I good. think he has high potential with the Browns' offense. Kevin Stefanski proved to be a great head coach. He can utilize the offense perfectly, knows exactly how to use Baker Mayfield, seeing as Mayfield, you know, struggled with Freddie Kitchens, who shouldn't have never Kitchens. been a head coach. <laughs> Arguably worse than Hugh Jackson, but yeah. Jarvis Landry... I mean, he should definitely succeed in this uh, new offense. Now, downside, Odell is back. But at the same time, Landry has started to seem like a better receiver than Odell over the years. Um, do you just want to talk about Odell as well? Because Odell is number 34. Uh, okay, so let's yeah. just talk about Odell and Jarvis Landry. So, yeah, Jarvis Landry has, over the years, compared to Odell, number 34 down there, been a better player for fantasy and 
that could lead to more success. Uh, obviously, there are people who are saying like Odell was holding the Browns back. That's not true. I mean, an elite receiver, well, you know, a great receiver, he's no longer elite. A great receiver is always a help. As long as you can just get Baker Mayfield to play smart football and not force the ball, it doesn't matter who the receivers are. He just needs to learn that Odell is, you know, he is great, and he's the number one in that offense, which is great for Landry, obviously. And if Baker doesn't force the ball to Odell, then the offense as a whole will continue to succeed. They need to focus on run first, which is the downside for both of these receivers, obviously, because that's how they win. But at the same time, Baker is a great play action, you know, change, you know, just change the script of the offense suddenly, unexpectedly, get the ball out to these guys, let them make plays, and they can succeed in that offense. Yeah, I think actually you you just said it, but they're very run first. You obviously have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, they're, they had two great running backs in there. But I think if, like, they go with that same, like, the play action after they do, like, two, three run plays in a row, catch the defense off guard with, like, that play action, good opportunities for both Landry and Odell. And similar to how we mentioned with, like, Corey Davis, having Odell at the number one spot really opens up Landry. So if they put him at that wide receiver, too, I mean, he has such an easier matchup. He's not going up against their top corner unless a defense could switch it. But we assume if Odell's lining up at wide receiver one, they put the top corner on Odell. Jarvis has an automatically easier matchup because he's going up against the the second best corner instead of the first. And uh, as a former Odell user <laughs> owner last year before the injury, he didn't really produce much before the injury, anyways. So, I mean, there was that Cowboys game. You know. There was one game that he put up a bunch of points, and I was like trying to trade it to everyone. I was trying to sell high because he was putting up like, well, our league scoring is like weird. I don't even know if we want to mention it, but he's putting up low points. And then he had, like, one monster game that he scored, like, five or six times all the other games. And I was trying to trade him to all the kids that I thought were gullible enough, but no one took the trade. And then I just put him the IR, and then I, then I dropped him. So, <laughs> so sad yeah, story. Didn't work out. But, I mean, if he's healthy, still has an opportunity. I also agree with Jason. I don't think Odell's holding the Browns back. I don't understand how that would be an argument. I think just the fact, simply the fact that you have Jarvis Landry lining up at wide receiver two instead of wide receiver one. Odell is obviously helping. Having Jarvis Landry go up against cornerback two is just such a big bonus. Yeah. Um, all right, our next wide receiver on the list after Jarvis Landry at number 32 is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is a all-around great receiver and an all-around terrible offense over in Denver. Like Drew Locke, I unfortunately was a bit high on him. I thought you know he was getting a lot of hate from last year, but... Uh, Cortland Sutton's in a situation where he could definitely succeed and explode, like, unexpectedly. And if the Broncos get a good rookie quarterback, I don't know who they're going to tar- target because this draft is too unpredictable, but if they could get a good rookie, like maybe Justin Fields if he somehow goes past the 49ers, then Cortland Sutton will fly up this list in a heartbeat. I am so high on Cortland Sutton. I just think he's in a terrible situation right now. Denver as a whole is a quarterback away from being playoff contenders. And if they can get that quarterback, the entire team will succeed. Yeah, I think Drew Locke is obviously holding back Cortland Sutton. I mean, it's tough when you got Drew Locke there. They've had QB issues for a bit now. Like I remember back in the day they were having like like Brock Osweiler. Like, <laughs> I mean, they've been they've been struggling for a bit. But I think it's gotta be through the draft. I don't see them 
signing anyone. Like, I mean, Jason was on the Deshaun Watson to Denver like Still hype trade. I mean, maybe I don't see a team trading for him after you know the criminal allegations came out. I don't see that really as a possibility. So, I mean, assuming that they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, they still got Drew Locke. I mean, tough situation for Cortland Sutton. He's still going to produce. He's still going to be a great wide receiver. But, I mean, the situation's rough for him in Denver. That's all I really got to say. All right. Um, Robbie Anderson's up next, number 33. Jason? Yeah, no, Robbie Anderson, we basically have already said it with DJ Moore. Sam Darnold's holding them back. And if, if they don't, like, do anything, if they, which, I mean, they're sticking with Sam Darnold, obviously. If everything goes the way we expect, it's not going to be a good time for Anderson. We've seen what Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold could do before. It wasn't good. They didn't, they did build a connection. And every once in a while, Anderson would have a week where it's like, oh, wow, Robbie Anderson's really good. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, he's on the Jets. Never mind. So for Robbie Anderson, his entire career with Sam Darnold has always just been, oh, hey, Every once in a while, I'll show up and make a great, great game and then just be done for the rest of the year. I personally think, obviously, he's proved himself. He's become a better receiver in Carolina, and he can definitely improve upon that to be a consistent wide receiver three. But I don't think he's a consistent flex option. And if he is in your flex, which 33, that's debatable at that point for a flex option, not the best choice. I would look elsewhere for a flex. Like, a running back would be a better option at that point or anyone above him on the list, really. Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson's really getting hurt by basically Sam Darnold just following him down to Carolina. I mean, that's not helping him very much. You did mention that Robbie Anderson pops up maybe one good game back in the Jets. Give me a little flashback. Could be the the, the you know the new coming of one-week walk-ins coming in. <laughs> I'll have to come up for an alliteration for Robbie Anderson. I'll, I'll think about it as we move on. But, yeah, uh, if, if you uh, think about it, just yeah, yeah, I'll, shout I'll, it I'll out take in the a middle. Pause. Let me, mm-hmm. Give me a couple minutes, I'll come for the good one. Yeah. But obviously, as we're saying with DJ Moore, Sam Darnold not helping this case very much, even after he really improved last season with Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Um, our next wide receiver would have been Odell, but since we already talked about him, at number 35, we have Debo Samuel. Yeah, no, another 49ers receiver who, once again, a lot of people are a bit higher on him. I just don't understand. I understand he's a great yak receiver and he ex- explodes in that play style. One of the just a pause. I love uh, I love the phrase yak yards after catch. I I love how you just casually say yak. <laughs> that is great. I know right. you say this all the time. I just want to put it on the record of the podcast. I just thoroughly enjoy whenever Jason just says yak casually in a sentence. I'm, so continue. He's a good yak he, receiver. He, he is. He is a great yak receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One. Um, don't hit me. Um, he is one of the best players in that play style. And honestly, the only one who could even make an argument for being better would probably be AJ Brown. But the difference is he's got competition. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, run first offense. Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback right now. It's an interesting situation for Debo. I don't think he's going to exceed as well. I think limited number of catches, he still can be a great receiver. So that automatically gives him upside. But touchdowns, he's not a big guy. He isn't getting the targets like in the red zone. They obviously are run first. So even goal line would be run running first no matter what, obviously. Debo's in a situation where 
he's not at the same level as most people think he will be. And I think because of that, he will suffer. Yeah, uh, update. I'm going with r- random Robbie. Oh. It's my go-to. <laughs> you never know. Back when on the Jets, you never know he's going to pop off. Also found another one. Instead of one-week walk-ins, I'm changing it to sporadic Sammy. Sporad- sporadic I like Sammy. I think that, that I saw that one. I was just. I Googling. feel like sporadic would be more than one week, though. Uh, yep, I'll work on that again. Maybe sparse, scarce, scarce Sammy. That might be it. <laughs> anyway, who are we talking about? Talking about Debo Samuel. I was not paying attention. Oh, no. I was Googling. We're, we're practically done with yeah, Debo yeah. Samuel. So you're. Uh, I'll, I'll sit this one out. You know. I just... All right. Uh... All right. Well, let's move oh, on then. Yeah. Okay. Number thirty-six after Debo Samuel is Laviska Chenault. Laviska Chenault. It sounds way cooler when you say Laviska. So continue. You purposely put emphasis on it, thinking you were right too. <laughs> I could hear it in your voice. Laviska. I'm calling him Laviska. Please don't. It's Laviska. Go for it. All right, a ween. It's pretty pretty offensive to purposely yeah. mispronounce someone's name. If you know Anyways, yeah, no. Do you know him personally? Did he say you could call him that? You boys with Yeah, I, I texted Laviska. him yesterday. <laughs> All right, but Laviska Chenault is the number one for the Jaguars offense. Obviously, you know, you could argue Marvin Jones is a number one, but Chenault has the better potential and for that reason will be higher on this list because at the end of the day, this far down the list, you really want potential more than consistency. You don't want to be drafting a guy thinking, oh yeah, I'll, I can expect this from him because at the same, end of the day, these guys won't be in your starting lineup week in, week out. These are the guys who you want. All right, if I really need something, I can just throw him in and hope that's a week he pops off. Like, Chenault is in a situation with Jacksonville he could end up being a legitimate breakout. And if he does that, then, you know, obviously that would be great for you because you just got a great receiver late in the draft. You could get him literally anywhere. Chenault could be even undrafted in some leagues. He could be anywhere from, like, round 10 and on. You could get him for free. And he's one of the best candidates to break out being a sophomore receiver. Had a few good weeks last year. Nothing special. Obviously, Jaguars were terrible, so it's hard for him to succeed. But Chenault's in a situation, I think he could break out with Lawrence. And if you get him, I mean, that's an automatic steal because you just high upside and no risk. Why wouldn't you draft him at that point? Yeah, I think we mentioned this earlier when we were talking about QBs. I personally talked about, like, Trevor Lawrence is the whole offense in Jacksonville's question mark, basically. Yeah. New coach. Rookie QB, who we're assuming is Lawrence, so that, you, know, you never know. I always like, put the disclaimer in, the Jaguars are the Jaguars. So, I mean, it all really depends. I think we, I would say it's a consensus among us that we think Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know, have a successful first year. We don't really think he's going to flop, I would think, right? We all think he's going to be solid. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so we're going with the fact, this is assuming that Trevor Lawrence, you know, is, lives up to his potential and still just has a solid rookie year, like nothing crazy, but... We're not expecting, like, a flop or hopefully no injuries. we hoping, like, a healthy season out of him. And if that's true, then I think uh, Mr. Chenault over here, I'm not even going to attempt the first name because Owen just butched it too much. I feel bad for the guy. That um, he's going to be able to, as Jason said, he's going to be, like, he's he's a low risk but very high reward. Like, he could be very beneficial. Like, he could turn up to be, like, a weekend starter, like, if he's able to produce with Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, he could also just – might just sit in like the free agents of your league like you know like 
you just you yeah. got you're taking a risk on him. But I mean, it also really doesn't matter. Is that that late round of a pick, or you pick him up in free agency? Yeah, if you're picking him up in free agency, very much, you know. No, definitely. If it's at the end of the draft and he's still on the board, just pick him. He has a lot of upside. All right. Um, our next wide receiver on the list is Will Fuller. He's got a good history. Um, with drugs, but <laughs> okay, with PEDs. Yeah. I think he's still suspended for the first week. I think yeah. we, we looked it up last time. He's suspended for the first week of the season. So that's obviously a negative. He's going to yeah. be playing, I guess, 16 games now instead of 17. Yeah, no, for Fuller, uh, it's going to be interesting for him. Obviously, the biggest question mark in Fuller's game is going to be Tua, which, I mean, no one knows how that's going to work out. At the end of the day, last year, Tua was winning games, but at the same time, he wasn't putting up fantasy numbers. And for the NFL, it doesn't matter what numbers you're putting up. If you're winning games, that's all they care about. So if Tua continues to do that, that's going to be a major negative for Will Fuller. If Tua takes that next step, though, all of a sudden, Will Fuller's, Fuller is a breakout candidate that, like, if you got him, that's going to be a great pick. Obviously, he's a slightly higher risk, and obviously, being lower than Chenault, I'm not going to be the one to say Tua's breaking out. I'm saying he's going to probably take a bit longer. Most quarterbacks don't break out year two. Patrick Mahomes, for some reason, is setting the precedent. Even though he's the outlier, he's not the normal. I think it will take Tua longer than this next season to break out. And because of that, Fuller will suffer. And he will not succeed like he did with Deshaun Watson. Which, remember... Deshaun Watson led the league in passing yards last year, and Fuller, who was a solid number two guy, is going from that situation to the rookie who doesn't put up numbers and for some reason gets absolutely hated on by everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to a obvious downgrade from Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was putting up numbers past couple years, basically. Will Fuller was a solid target of his, and it's also... The new team effect. I mean, you don't. It's you don't know how he's gonna fit into Miami. I mean, Brian Flores. I think he's a good coach. So I think I I trust him to run the offense correctly. Um, but you know, he's uh. It really yeah. As Jason mentioned, it, it matters how much Tua breaks out or not. Jason's saying it probably takes him like another year. It takes him a little more time to break out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't. I I guess I probably agree with that. I don't see Tua having a massive year. He's going to be solid. I think I think Tua will probably survive the whole season. I don't see I see Tua being the starter going the whole season, which I think will really help him get a you know accompanied with his surroundings. You know, really know how to run the offense. He has that experience from last year, and I see Will Fuller still still being a good option to have, but obviously suspended the first week of the season, and you know the question marks of you know finding a new team could be difficult for him. But still, I would say nice guy to have as a on your bench, me. I would actually no. I'd say put him at wide receiver three. Is that is that crazy for me to say? I would have him as my wide receiver three. It's understandable, yeah. But I just feel like I feel yeah. like we have him ranked low to be like a wide receiver three, though. You know. Well, the thing I have against that is the offense. He's going from worst quarterback, way other, way more players to compete with. True. So I'm just I yeah. Don't... I guess maybe I'm thinking about him just knowing his past. You're thinking about him because he's a big name. Yeah, but he's going to be struggling. That could yes. be true. But I, I would still personally say you could potentially have him at wide receiver three. I don't think that'd be a huge mistake. He's definitely one of those guys that's like a question mark week to week. Like, is he going to be able to? Are you going to put him in? Like, he would be one of those guys that's like 
you got to think about it a little bit. Like, you got, like, two or three guys. You're like, do I put them at the flex, you know? And I, I'd be put your him flex in that guy. category. Yeah. yeah. You, like, question each week. Wide receiver, running over, back. Like a running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would put him in that category. All right, we have the next wide receiver on the list, which is going to finish off our Tier 5, is Brandon Cooks at yeah. number 38. Brandon Cooks has the upside of being the only receiver in Houston and also the downside of being the only receiver in Houston. I mean, we see it with a bunch of players. They're the only option in the offense. Some succeed, others fail. You don't know what to expect with Cooks, and you don't even know the quarterback. Right now, it's assumed to be Tyrod Taylor because they just signed him, and Deshaun Watson has his own issues to deal with. So, Brandon Cooks has obviously major downgrade at quarterback, but he is the only receiver. And Brandon Cooks is a great receiver just on his own respect, not fantasy-wise, just legitimate receiver. He is great, but I don't think he's going to succeed with Tyrod Taylor and a lack of support in the offense. He couldn't succeed to the highest potential. He was great with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, but he wasn't exactly doing what Corey Davis did as a number two. And now that he's a number one, I expect him to be basically like Corey Davis, nothing too special. A possible guy you could play every once in a while, but don't put him in your starting lineup on a consistent basis, really. Yeah, I think he's probably going to struggle, obviously, with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, not Tyrod Taylor's had a like, he's been screwed over a lot of times in his career, but he hasn't also hasn't really proven to be like the greatest QB of all time. Um, and similar, to Jason said Corey Davis. I don't know if Brandon Cooks is going to be able to hold it down as like the like. I don't know. I'm basically, the only uh, like wide receiver they have there. It's like a threat to the defense. He's going to be heavily targeted by the cornerbacks. You know, the safeties are going to be looking his way every play. I think it's going to be pretty hard for him to ser- seriously produce, put up some numbers. And I mean, you got Tyrod Taylor instead of yeah. Deshaun Watson, so the downgrade <laughs> is just like so. Like it's just immense. It's like I don't know. It's it's not a good look. Not I mean, a good look for Brandon Cooks. The Texans, if they were smart. Draft a rookie, puncture Tyrod Taylor's lungs, all of a sudden you got Justin oh. Herbert. That's what I was mentioning with Tyrod Taylor's been. Tyler Taylor, I think, has been like the QB. He's been like replaced by his backup QB three times, and they've all gone on to have like great. I think it was because he was in Josh Allen. Yeah. He was Justin Herbert. I think there's a third one that I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm Baker free. Mayfield. Baker, it was, was. Baker Mayfield. Was he? In, I didn't even know he was in yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, he was in Cleveland. So yeah, they, he basically spurred like three careers by getting replaced by like younger QBs. That, yeah, that's a that's a he did something. Yeah, something. but you, you don't get paid millions of dollars to get like replaced. You know, like teams aren't bringing him in. Like, oh yeah, let's do this guy because all the good QBs came after him. <laughs> all right, all right. Now let's move on to our first player in tier six at number thirty nine. Big guy, Broncos wide receiver, Jerry Judy. The big, big guy, guy <laughs> title. Ooh. Okay. Big praise for uh, the big man. For J&J. Yeah. No. <laughs> Justin Jefferson? No, Jerry no, Judy. No, no. The better J-Diction. No, no. No, no. You no. can't say that. But <laughs> still Jerry correct. Judy. You Number 39. Said that last year. I mean, that would have been a fair statement probably. But uh, not Unt- anymore. Until Justin Jefferson actually played. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, Jerry Judy, uh, sophomore wide receiver. He's had an interesting rookie season, you know. He made some great plays with some backup caliber quarterbacks, 
So definitely proved to be a good wide receiver in that aspect. Cortland Sutton being injured for a large portion of the season, I don't know if that helps or hurts him. Obviously, going into this next year, that's going to be a bad thing for him because, you know, no longer the number one. But for his rookie season to be the number one, he definitely learned a lot. And on the other side of that coin, though, we couldn't see his, like, true potential just because we're not. he's going to be, like, in the worst situation possible. With all the injuries the Broncos faced, it could it was not a positive for Judy. But um, the one upside he has is, like, the entire Broncos team as a whole is just getting better. And because of that, they're going to be a better team. Obviously, probably less passing because, you know, they have a competitive team once again. They won't be as far behind. And as we already said with Cortland Sutton, if they get a quarterback, all of a sudden they could be a playoff team. And if they get a quarterback, Judy, as well as Sutton, as I said, should really rise up this board really quickly and definitely could reach a wide receiver two level. Yeah, I think Judy also, he suffers from the the QB effect is what my new name for it is now. Mm. But Lots having Drew Locke in there <laughs> or like, I guess the difference is depends if they draft a quarterback in like the first round or, you know, really any QB. I, I would think the if they're going to draft a QB that's going to change the fantasy value, it'd have to be in the first round. But I mean, that's the value. If they get a good QB and they roll with him, it overdrew lock i mean they could rise up or somehow they trade for a qb which we don't really see coming yeah unless you know the sean watson hype train still lives on jason in that I corner believe, over there i mean they also could get teddy bridgewater maybe that know? is true yeah with sam Darner going to the panthers teddy bridgewater not if, the biggest upgrade yeah but... if he's not going to be the starter there technically he is available i would assume if yeah. they're going with sam darnold but i mean not a biggest upgrade but i mean you take any upgrade you can, really, yeah. just to help him out a little bit. But, yeah, I think the experience he had at the wide receiver one might be pretty beneficial for his rookie season. But, it, once again, Jason mentioned, we haven't seen him produce at what he's going to be producing at this year because if he moves back with Corton Sutton, you know, coming back from injury, he's going to be in easy matchup, easier matchups on, like, cornerbacks and the defense. You know, more attention is going to be going to Sutton. He might be able to have more opportunities to break free. But he'd really, also be getting less targets in that. That is true. So it's like, a it's like a double edged sword exactly. basically. He's going to be less paid attention to by the defense, but also less paid attention to by his quarterback. Yeah, so no. I mean, it just you got to see how it plays out for him, really. Honestly, the Teddy Bridgewater would be an interesting situation for that offense because Bridgewater, I mean, he's a starting caliber quarterback technically, just because you know top thirty two, but would he be like a that big of an upgrade? I think personally that. Bridgewater could realistically probably take the Broncos to the playoffs. And, well, Owen, you seem a bit surprised <laughs> by the fact that the Broncos have one of the best rosters besides a quarterback. It's just, I'm, it's not normal. It's not. What do you mean it's not normal? What? <laughs> Has 2015 been that long ago for you? They were yeah. carried by the defense. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. A quarterback, I mean... like, their team, their roster, take away the quarterback, I would say top 10 easily, arguably top 5. And then you put in the quarterback. Well, that's why that's, we're putting yeah. in an improved yeah. quarterback. If they get an average quarterback, Jason's saying, they could be playoff bound. I wouldn't say they're going far. I'd say they could make the playoffs. And obviously, playoff team, playoff wide receiver, that's someone I would want. All right. Fair points. We'll see. <laughs> Probably um, won't. I doubt Bridgewater's going to Denver. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so our next wide receiver on the list, number 40, is Jamar Chase. He's a future rookie and... Future rookie. Yes, he's a rookie. Not a future rookie, though, just, well, just a rookie. Okay, well, he's not, he's not on the team yet, technically, even though he's probably going to the Bengals, but... No, he's not. I hope he doesn't. There I are many, want, I want, many new supports. Well, right? Am I yeah. that right? I think they need to take that offensive Oh, he's, that's 100% what's going to happen. I've seen some mock drafts that are I've saying seen, Jamar Chase, and that's what no one's seen. That I mean, worries me. That I haven't seen me. a single mock draft say Penny Sewell anymore. It's only well, Jamar Chase, but that's the issue. But they they should take Penny Sewell. Yeah, exactly. Like any anyone with half a brain, Sewell. You're protecting Burrow. Burrow doesn't need people to throw to. As we mentioned yeah. earlier, he already has T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, he doesn't need any more targets really. Well, exactly. he does. But Not the really. offensive line yeah. is more important, I would say, than a third wide receiver, you know? They were competitive with, like, what they had in receiver core. Like, A.J. Green... Not that big of a loss for them last year. I mean, maybe in like 2012, but I mean, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a while. It's, it's, it's been, been a couple a, of years. Yeah, it's been a while since A.J. Green was overly relevant <laughs> fantasy-wise. But yeah, no. Uh, Jamar Chase is at 40 because, unlike what Owen believes, it's unknown where he's going to land. It's unknown, but many, many mock traps are putting him on the Bengals. I just I would prefer to not the believe mo- that, Owen. Every single one of them is wrong. You believe what you want. <laughs> I'm just relaying I the information. I personally believe that it would probably be the Dolphins because although Kyle Pitts would be a fantastic player to see in Miami just because he's the best, you know, offensive receiver in the entire class, better than all the receivers, I think they're going to go with Jamar Chase instead because, you know, Jamar Chase will fall since Sewell's being taken at uh, number five. So that would leave, you know, Miami at six to take Chase. I think that they would do that, seeing as Chase, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the draft. Devonta Smith, he's number two. Sorry, Jalen Waddle. I'm not pushing Smith that far down. But Chase is number one, and I believe because of that, he's going to Miami. That's not the best situation. We've already said it. You know, it's already affecting Will Fuller. And Chase being a rookie, that's not a very high positive. I personally think Chase won't be fantasy relevant especially in Miami. He might, you know, to show up late, late in the season as like a potential wide receiver, two or three. But if he ends up in Miami with Tua, I mean, we don't know what he's like in the NFL, so it's hard to say. But I don't think with Tua, it would be the best fit for him. Yeah, I think he's another young guy that are adding to their team. And I don't watch much college football, so I don't know. I haven't seen Jamar Chase play at all. I mean, I'm, I just hear what, you know, experts, draft experts talk about him. And as Jason said, he's probably, I mean, I can't say this for sure, but the experts I'm listening to are saying he's the top wide receiver. And Jason is, so I mean, that's an opinion to throw in the mix. Uh, yeah, as, we are, as Jason said, the Will Fuller situation, how he's, you know, it's tough to be in that Miami offense with the options they have. Jamar Chase, just another option adding in if they draft a wide receiver like him. Um, not a good luck for any of them, basically. Yeah. Jamar, I mean, yeah, he could come in. It would either be like end of the season if there was like, I'm not saying I'm not supporting it, but like if there was an injury, like I wish I had no injuries happened. But he would have he's only getting more playing time if the guys above him either get traded off the team, cut, injury. Like there's a lot of guys in front of him basically that are taken away from his his targets and receptions. So Pat, would you suggest Jamar Chase to be a handcuff player? No. Is no, because he hasn't proven himself. He's a rookie. Handcuffs. I would want like like a career. Usually I do handcuffs for running backs. Like. Yeah, no. The career guy that's proven to perform. Mm-hmm. But I no, I wouldn't. Yeah, no. He's a rookie. You know nothing about him. 
Jamar Chase, you're taking on the chance that he can eventually pass Devontae Parker in terms of the death chart, or as Patrick said, if someone somehow got hurt, which, I mean, Chase probably will pass Parker. At the very least, he's he's got the perfect wide receiver build, honestly, so he's, like that's not something to worry about like some other uh, lower players in this list, Devonta Smith. <clears throat> but um, Chase, like, he's... Low blow. <laughs> I'm not the first to say it, and I'm still yeah, high on Smith. I'm pretty sure people talk about how yeah, like, skinny he is all the time. But, and, like, you know. yeah, Chase, if he does end up in Miami, most likely this isn't the year to get him. Seeing as Will Fuller is only on a one-year deal, wait till next year. Will Fuller most likely will leave. Then Chase is a full-time starter with Devontae Parker. A nice one-two there. Maybe Chase is one, maybe he's two. We'll have to wait and see how the, se- the season works out. But... Until then, I personally don't see Chase having the most value this year. Yeah, I would say maybe like I don't even know if it's worth it for like a keeper league, but I mean like if you're you're picking him like later rounds, and you know because he's probably he's gonna if he proves himself this year he's gonna be a solid wide receiver for the Dolphins, especially Will Fuller leaves. You never know they could trade another receiver if they see like if uh, Chase impresses them so much they're like we got the young rookie we don't need these more veteran wide receivers they could trade someone else let him move up the depth chart but. I would not say next year is going to be a very like fantasy like like producing year for him. You got to look for the future with him. All right, uh, we're going to move on to the next wide receiver now, which is Jaguars wide receiver DJ Chark at number forty-one. Yeah, no, DJ Chark, kind of a disappointing year this past year. After a high year with Gardner Minshew two years ago, he's uh, fallen down a bit, but I don't think that's because of him. That's more so the fact that the Jaguars were tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And I think he'll have a bounce back year. He's at 41 right now, obviously, because like, obvious, it is a prediction that he will improve. But at the same time, it's not as likely as some of the other higher up guys we have on this list. So because of that, he's down at 41. But he does, he, we've seen it before. He can be a wide receiver three and even low end wide receiver two throughout the league. And if, like, Trevor Lawrence is as good as advertised right off the gate, then DJ Chark could legitimately rise, and also all the Jaguars receivers, rise really quickly. The biggest problem for him, and also I'm going to jump down to another Jaguars player we have, Marvin Jones at 44. The fact that all three of them are going to be, like, fighting for positions, and, like, obviously the top two guys will have the biggest advantage, it's just uncertain who's going to get the most targets, obviously, because Lawrence has no chemistry with any of these guys. So until we see like them make connections, all three of these guys are going to remain lower down. But once we see like that breakout in training camp and preseason, all of a sudden, two, one or two of these guys can really just fly up the board and maybe you know become a fantasy-relevant player for a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean... In my eyes, he's another. I mentioned the like the question mark that is the Jaguars' offense, and I don't need to be a broken record, but for both Chark and Marvin Jones, they're just wide receivers in that locker room that are just dependent on how well Trevor Lawrence plays, assuming that Trevor Lawrence is on the team, or how well you know Urban Meyer steps in and sets up their offense. Like we don't know how it's going to run, and it's all just a big question. So I would say they're riskier, especially like how many saw like. Nate, like notable receivers they have like oh, these are all names you recognize and they're all competing here and i don't know how deep like 
is like the fourth best wide receiver and the Jaguars going to be getting a lot of receptions? Probably not. So like, it's a real competition to see who can be like the top two or three wide receivers on that team. And I mentioned Marvin Jones. I talked about, you know, I always hype up my guys. I did have Marvin Jones back in the Lions. Yeah, Went how'd that go? all those points and uh, beat uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I won, hey, I won with him. I won with him. He had that big game against Jason. I oh, mean, my God. That one big game against Jason. <laughs> I mean, it got me to the finals. That's all we needed. But, you know, I, I liked him on the, the Lions because he was more of like a uh, – like, just, like, uh, he was able to produce some game. Like, you didn't expect, like, it was low expectations for him. Now he's signing with this team, which I don't think, it's a still a crowded wide receiver room. It doesn't really help him very much. Yeah, it's honestly worse. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like, it's just, just as crowded, probably more crowded, I would say. Like, there's notable wide receivers above him that it's, like, he's not in the greatest of situations. But... If he's able to prove himself, he, he has the ability to get into the top two or three on the team, and he's going to be able to get those receptions. Yeah, and all in all, it really boils down to Gardner Minshew and Lawrence, whether they well, actually like Lawrence can uh, step it up and live up to his expectations. All right, and our next wide receiver on the list at 42 is Jamison Crowder. The next Jet on the list, Crowder, is uh, a yeah. – I'm not, I'm not roasting them yet. Don't, oh, okay. don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I was getting ready I, to shake my head, but uh, Crowder is my favorite player on the New York Jets, hands down. I love Crowder. Tough, tough competition. I mean, yeah, is it really that hard? <laughs> I'm just. Saying, I, it's got to be someone, I guess. I've uh, already said he's uh, on unfairly underrated. Like it's criminal on criminally under, underrated, if anything. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, Crowder is easily a elite player that is in a horrible situation, and has been his whole career. You know, started off with the. Uh, Formerly, when he was on it, Washington Redskins, and then has moved on to the Jets. Like he had, he had his time with Kirk Cousins, kind of was a bit fantasy relevant at the time, but for the most part, uh, didn't really go out too well for him. And resigning with the or not resigning, but then going to the Jets, wasn't the best improvement. So he's never really had a like strong team around him that could get him attention. And he's always performed in fantasy, though. Like, consistently, wide receiver two, wide receiver three for various leagues. But at the same time, he was always doing that as the only guy in the offense. And now they bring in Corey Davis, and it's most likely going to hurt him in terms of his value. Because Corey Davis is there, Jamison Crowder is not going to be the only one getting looks. You have other guys there, and it's all around just going to bring him down the list more and more. And that's why he's currently ranked 42nd. Yeah, we mentioned we don't know how they're going to run it if Crowder's one or Corey Davis is one. We would prefer, fantasy-wise, that Corey Davis goes in two because he's shown that he can produce way better as a wide receiver two than wide receiver one on the team. But you never know with the Jets. That I guess that's as much as I'll roast them because I already roasted them pretty bad earlier. There's just questionable decision-making up there. Uh, I think Crowder should be the wide receiver one, which, I mean, it's he's going to retain his position. He's been the wide receiver one for a bit. But Corey Davis obviously doesn't. I wouldn't. It doesn't help. I'm. I'm trying to think of a positive. Maybe the defense looks like Corey Davis a little bit, but not much. Jamison, if he's lined up as wide receiver one, he's still getting the same coverage. So if anything, it just takes away reception. So it's probably going to be a decrease in production versus the past couple of years. Yeah, it's not going to look too hot for Jamison Crowder, but we'll see. Um, our next wide wide receiver on the list at number forty three is Curtis Samuel. I think Samuel has 
uh, great upside on the one hand, and on the other hand, hasn't really proven himself throughout his career. He got a lot of hype when signing with Washington this offseason as like the missing piece for the wide receiver room. And I fully believe he is a wide receiver too for that offense. But at the same time, he's not exactly like proven himself in Carolina. And quarterback situation, he's going to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not the biggest improvement, if an improvement at all. So on the one hand, he's got the ceiling and the potential to be a great player and is a definite great late round pick. But on the other hand, through his entire career so far, he hasn't shown he can do what we're hoping for him. And because he's never shown that, he's currently at 43. The Washington football team's offense currently is definitely underrated as a whole. So they can perform. And even if Samuel is just consistent with what he's done in his career, that could still be a big improvement and possible playoff or not play uh, possible fantasy relevance which i mean obviously look to pick him up and if that starts to happen but until we see him actually prove himself he's gonna stay farther down on the list yeah i mean he's going into the the football team or the potentially you know the cat as owen yep, the like wa- washington cat washington cat just, just say that out loud that sounds horrible <laughs> i know that's why i chose it <laughs> but i mean this is a uh, the, the really the offensive threat in the team has been you know terry mclaurin past couple years and it's just is he going to be able to fit into that offense how are him and you know mclaurin gonna like split the receptions it's really just a question mark but as you said, if he's able to prove himself, which he has the opportunity to and he has the potential to, I think he's going to be able to fit in nicely, you know, if he does all the right things. And he could still be a solid option come, like, the end of the year. He's still going to be relevant by then, I would assume. Yeah. All right. Um, the next wide receiver we, we already talked about, which is Marvin Jones. So we're going to move on to wide receiver number 45, which is Devontae Parker. Yeah, another guy we uh, glossed over with the Jamar Chase segment being, you know, Devontae Parker is currently going to be the wide receiver number two in Miami offense. Obviously, Jamar Chase, no guarantees there. It's a big question mark. So if Parker ends up being the number two and Chase doesn't get drafted, Miami goes different position. That's not... A wide receiver or Kyle Pitts and just either goes offensive line or defense then Parker would be in a great situation where him and Will Fuller will be the clear one and two in that offense and they're going to be able to support Tua. The biggest downside for both of them is a slight injury concern that they've had for their entire career so hopefully Parker is able to stay healthy once again and if he does that then He'll be able to properly, you know, succeed once again and hopefully return to fantasy relevance like he was two years ago when he was last with um, the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback. Yeah, I think we mentioned him when we talked about Jamar Chase, which we don't know if Jamar Chase is going to the Dolphins, but we think that would be logical for them to take that wide receiver at that step. Um, Devonta Parker, it's going to be interesting to see how he works with Tua. I mean, he has chemistry, I guess, based off last year that we mentioned if Jamar Chase is going, Jamar Chase doesn't. But uh, it'll see how he fits in with how he gels with Will Fuller, you know, how the receptions work out, like what's the split between them, or 
any offensive uh, weapon they draft with their first round pick. But um, it's 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 becoming it's slowly becoming a, a crowded offense. I would say if they already got Wolf Fuller, we're predicting they're gonna draft at least one offensive rookie in the first round. And it's still how Tua is going to perform, if he's going to break out this year, if it's going to take him one more year. It's really just Tua's play is going to, you know, cause Devontae Parker's fantasy relevance to, you know, fluctuate a little bit, depending on how Tua's feeling week to week. And that's just it's a little bit of a risk that you take with Devontae Parker, or really, you know, the Dolphins' offense. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sum up. Um, and our, our last wide receiver in Tier 6, and the last wide receiver we're going to be talking about today is Devonta Smith. Yeah, no, Devonta Smith is, you know, an interesting build. He's coming in at only 170 pounds. And an interesting stat I found recently for the top 30 wide receivers, which obviously Devonta Smith not in there right now, is that only one of the top 30 wide receivers from last year was either shorter than 5'10 or weighed less than 180 pounds. And that one receiver was Cole Beasley in the slot for Buffalo. Obviously, Devonta Smith is not the biggest slot receiver, meaning he doesn't really fit the archetype of a uh, of a top thirty wide receiver, and really needs to just be a true diamond in the rough and like a true outlier that you can't predict to be so successful in order for him to succeed. Like his build does not belong with the elite wide receivers, and unless he's able to just build an entire new style of play, he's not going to have the most successful year right away and either needs to just bulk up and like get like bigger and stronger or he needs to find some other way to succeed. Because right now, like looking at it, historically speaking, he doesn't belong and doesn't look like he will be able to properly succeed in the NFL. Yeah, I think... As Jason mentioned, I'm more on the optimistic side. I'm hoping he uh, he finds his own path. I don't know exactly what role he can fill as like for like a wide receiver like archetype almost like what type of receiver he's gonna be on the field with you know a build like that. It's always questioned, but I think I'm hoping he succeeds. You know, he kind of paves the way. Maybe there could be more like smaller, you know, less built wide receivers in the future if Devon if Devontae Smith works out. I think that will you know inspire like maybe like a new wave of wide receivers like. You don't got to be, like, the Megatrons. You can just be, like, what might call him the Devontae Smith in, like, five years. We don't know how this works out. Maybe. But, I mean, it is question marks. I understand why people are, you know, trashing on, like, well, not trashing, but, you know, like, they're skeptical about, like, how if he's only be able to produce since he's, like, he, he's so light. But I think if he, he's proven he can play in college, it's just the question is college is so much different than the NFL, like, the competition you're facing, like, the defenses – is, is he going to be able to survive, like, NFL hits with that weight? Or, like, you know, he's going to be able to catch, you know, beat the receive, beat the cornerbacks, you know, with the footwork? And that's just, you got to see how his game translates. Because, you know, there's not many receivers. Jason mentioned there's only one other receiver, Cole Beasley, that's in, like, his, you know, his weight class. And it's it just, you know, Devontae, he could be a new wave, but it's also risky. I don't know. I don't know fantasy-wise if you want to take him. I would... He's more of a, like, he's interesting to watch from an NFL perspective. I would not say fantasy-wise, because he's he's a big question mark, I would say. He's too much of a risk. Yeah. you got to I mean, see if he's going to be able to succeed. Because you don't know if he's going to succeed in the NFL. Then you got to go NFL success first, then fantasy success. You know? If he's not even, like, making success on his NFL team, how is he going to be on your fantasy team? 
There's no real risk at the end of the day, though, because it's always going to rookies never go early, especially wide receivers. Like, honestly, taking a rookie wide receiver rarely ever works out like Justin Jefferson outlier. But for the most part, rookie wide receivers don't make relevance. It's until their sophomore year for them to really have that chance to break out. That's the earliest most rookies break out. So that alone is just another thing to like just avoid the rookies in general with. All right, so um, that's going to do it for our analysis on the part two of our wide receivers. And now we're going to be heading into our fifth game. I get that. Uh, head sixth game. Sixth? sixth? Game. Oh, wow. Episode six on it. We're zooming it's by. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's right, because uh, you only have two wins and Jason has three. Crazy. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> It's kind of crazy when he mm-hmm. wins three times and I win twice. He has three, three wins times in a row. Two. Yeah, and uh, so Patrick, by the way, in the mm-hmm. beginning of the episode, you did promise to win. I did, <laughs> two, I, two guesses. I, right. I guaranteed improvement, which means two or more. Two or more. So, yep. Okay. So how, wait, wait. How long? How many questions? There's five questions. Ah, uh, no, wait I mean, a okay. second. <laughs> what happened to the seven question quizzes? There was two of those, and there's well, been five question quizzes for the past three games, Patrick. Well, I did win both of the seven game <laughs> quizzes. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Fine. Maybe, if you're lucky. If, can you sauce me a seven-questioner? Can the, you find some right, UFO if, questions? <laughs> I need the UFO no questions, relevance. okay? Patrick, if you win this game, mm-hmm. I will find you a seven-question quiz. Okay. I'll make Why you a seven-question quiz. Why is him quiz. finally succeeding the five-question quiz? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You as soon as it. I finally figure out how to win the five-question, we're moving back to the format. But that's yes. okay. 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 I just got to get two. That's, that's two. You promised two? I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be above 500 here. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to survive, yeah. you know? All right, so we're going to start it off with the Deontay Johnson question. Starting off strong. Love that. All right, so we all know that Deontay Johnson dropped the ball the most in the 2020 season. But the real question is, how many drops did he actually have in the first 14 games? Highest number. Wait, 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 what? Why the first 14 games? First 14. Is this like because I because I know what? Jason knows the like exactly how many drops. This is rigged. <laughs> he knows that I know the answer. So why did you so cut off the last two games? How many drops did he have in the last two games? That's what I got to figure out. <laughs> See, I I, the best part of me is, is like, I'm so like, you know, like ignorant. I don't even know how many he had in the season. So I'm just free guessing. Is it multiple choice? No, it's um, wow. highest number without going over is the winner. First person? Actually, no. It really doesn't matter who knocks first. But Jason, you want to be a gentleman? You want to you guess no, first? I don't even know like drop numbers. Like how many is a lot of drops? So remember, um, so it was la- last week about? we talked about. This is Tiger Hill's like. Nine and something? Who'd we talk about last week? I thought it was Tyreek Hill. Yeah, we did yeah, talk about Tyreek Hill, and he had 11 for the whole 2020 season. Ah. And remember I said, I think he's like the third. He was the player that dropped the ball the third most. Okay. So if that was 11, and that was the whole season, what would <laughs> Johnson, how many uh, drops John Johnson? I'm going to go, I'm, I'm knocking in. Yeah? I'm going to say beat him by one, I'm going 12. Okay. So he had 12 with two games to spare. Does that make sense? That's upsetting because I wanted to say 12. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> wait, does that mean I well, guess good? On. Okay. Pat, uh, you guessed 12. Jason? Uh, well, I don't want to go 11. Well, if I go 11 and it's lower than both of those, yeah. oh, I would happens? win. Mm-hmm. Right? No, no, no. No, no one wins. Over. No one wins. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think it's so really 13 you should or guess more, one. so I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing one. 
just because yeah, I don't really. think it's 13 He really just priced his right. Patrick, you got it right. Exactly right. Wait, it was 12 drops. It was 12 drops. Yep. Are you kidding me? No, you got it exactly right. 12 drops. <laughs> Today <laughs> is the day. Today's the day. Pat. I'm getting at least one more right out of the four. <laughs> I mean, hey, you might as, you might get this one right also. Who knew I was a De- Deontay Johnson drops numbers expert through 14 games? I know. It's quite an exact stat. Right, what's the number through 16? What was the whole season? I think it was 16 drops. So, yeah, I was he had two a game for the last two. All right. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> oh, all right, our next question. All right. Juju Smith-Schuster was fined $5,000 for doing what? This is a multiple choice. This is a multiple no. choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell you all of them. In the 2020 season, I want to tell because it's real. I want to say it. All right. I want to knock. A, it was a late hit. B, he was, <laughs> he was dancing on the team's logo. A C, he threw a football in the stands. Or D, he wore his socks too low. Well, first, I... Well, hang on. I'm not going to be giving Patrick any answers here. I know, like... I know exactly what... Am I allowed to look at the multiple choice just to refresh them, or is that not allowed? Uh, I can say it again. Yeah, could you repeat them? Okay. So he had a... It was a late hit. And it was a late hit. $5,000. Late hit. in the stands. Or he, or just he wore socks too low. Yeah. These are my multiple choice questions. I'm going to say... You got knock, if you want to say. I... Okay, you're not Jason I'm Knox. going to say mm-hmm. that it was... See, I don't think they find him for the dancing on logo. I think that was a trick question, but that answers a trap. So I'm going to say that it was the... Uh, it would be the throwing the ball in the stands. Um, that would be incorrect. Ah. See, right, I so... have the same logic as Jason. <laughs> I don't think they find him for doing the dance. Did he... Oh, was there I... a... So the late hit would only be after a pick. So it must have been the Big Ben throw a pick and he had a late So hit. So you, you guys both agreed that Dan's kind of the team's logo. I'm, no I'm kind of... All right. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm, a late hit wore socks too low. <laughs> see, I could see the NFL being picky on that, but I'm just going to go with A, the late hit. Why'd you go with A? It's the way he wore socks too low. What? <laughs> That's, Marcus Peters doesn't wear his socks like ever. How is that a thing? I don't know. I, I I was just looking up like I looked up Juju Smith Schuster fun facts, and that was what one of the fun, fun facts. Fact. He got fined. Yeah, he got fined. I guess there's some like nitpicky rule where if you don't wear your socks like uh, underneath the like, your the leg uniforms, like it's just you get fined five grand. Marcus Peters has gotten games without wearing his socks at all. Well, maybe he played. Maybe he pays five grand each game. I don't know. All I know is that was that was close to the UFO yeah. question. Yes, I noticed. Yeah. My, my thought was just maybe Big Ben threw a pick and then Juju just came out of nowhere all upset and mm-hmm. just like laid oh, some guy out. That was my yeah. I knew the throwing situation. the ball in the stands is a legit fine. So I, I was that like, was actually, I was going to guess like, that. If you didn't guess that, that would have been my So guess. I think throwing the ball in the stands is a 10 grand fine. A late hit's like 20 grand or something, something like yeah. crazy like that. I, would, uh, I guess, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about, like, the monetary yeah. value. It's, like, thinking, five grand. Five grand was, like, a like a low amount. So yeah, I, was, I guess. I was okay. Yeah, but I was, like, that. celebration, five grand makes sense. Yeah, th- I knew the dancing that I... I feel yeah. like I would have heard more about it if you got fined for dancing. I would have been everywhere. Yeah, yeah no. But anyways, let's... Uh, okay, so, so right now it is... you have an overtime question for when I get to... One, I do. Oh, I do. It's actually right here. All right, but that's all right. Right where? So, Patrick has one. Jason mm-hmm. has zero. Yup. Question three. Who had more reception touchdowns out of this list in the 2020 season? A. Deontay Johnson. B. Marquise Brown. C. Robert Woods. D. Brandon Cooks. Who had the most reception touchdowns? 
I'm going my boy, Robert Woods. I don't need any logic. I just got to pick my boy. You probably should have used a little more logic, but no, that would okay. be incorrect. <laughs> I knew it wasn't Woods, so I just, <laughs> I just had to do it for my boy, okay? I mean, All right. So, Deontay loyalty. Johnson, I believe, only had like eight touchdowns, if I'm correct. It was So, I'm going to X him out. That leaves Marquise Brown and Brandon Cooks. And I mean, if, if Brown was getting touchdowns, that'd be insane to me. I got to go with Brandon Cooks. Or you're wrong. Oh. It's Marquise Brown. No, what? How? It's Marquise. He's... He had eight touchdowns. Deontay Johnson did not have eight touchdowns. He had less. Oh. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown had eight touchdowns. That's... I could have sworn it would have been less just because he's like because it's so bad. Marquise Brown? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I put in there. I was kind of really shocked. So All right. I, I don't get Jesus. earned for my loyalty to my boy Robert Woods. <laughs> I am stumping you guys with these questions. Okay. Um, question four. This this one you definitely should get. So I would, oh, I would no. get ready for okay. the knock. Okay. Bruh. What was the season-ending injury that happened to Odell last year? Oh, no. He tore his ACL. Yep. He tore his ACL. That's two. (laughs) All the listeners at home, that is two. Wow, Jason. All right, there's one question left. I want to have you won anything. Oh! I am administering with the test. All right, so the only way I can beat Jason a five-question one is if we both get two questions (laughs) wrong, basically. All right, I'm just going to, even though Patrick already won and the record is 3-3, three to three, I'm still just going to ask this question. And I guaranteed my two questions right, and you I got did. it right for all the fans listening. Good job, I, Pat. I'm not a liar. Who knows, follow man. through. All right, maybe I'll give you a seven-question quiz next time. Yeah. All right. Uh, you earned one. Earned Jason both. <laughs> the last question yeah. is, uh, out of this list of wide receivers, which person is the youngest? Odell, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, or Will Fuller? Will Fuller. Yeah. Jason got that one right. That one yeah. was really close. I was just kind of stumped for Yeah, I think like time. Robert Woods is 28, Odell or Cooper Cup 27, something like that, and Will Fuller is 26. Yeah, no, yeah. I just I just knew Will Fuller was the youngest. <laughs> well, of course, of course, but you did not win, sadly. Um, You've never won. And now we're, Again, we're I'm <laughs> going off into the sunset. The With. victory sound. Oh. End of the what? episode. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? That was on time. That, that was, was pretty good. That was that pretty was good cue. All right, well, you know the drill. Tell your friends. Tell the family. Tell, tell your cousins. Your, the cousins. Uncles. Uncles. Aunts. Who else? Great grandmas. Great grandmas. Jason, you got any? Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, Jason's, Everyone. A, little, Jason's a little mad because he lost. He missed okay. a worldwide like Pitbull. <laughs> Have a fantastic day. See you next week. Lots of love.